Today, I want to help you eagerly listen to God and boldly obey His calling on your life. On May 10th, 2020, I told the story of Mary and Martha. It can be found in Luke chapter 10. Go listen to the sermon. Find it at podcast.neartownchurch.org. Let me briefly summarize it for you, just to catch you up because it's so helpful to today. So Jesus is invited into the home of Mary and Martha. Martha is doing what she would normally do if a guest were in her home. She's busy doing the task to host Jesus. But Mary, who should be doing tasks also, at least in Martha's mind, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching. Martha is annoyed and asks Jesus to rebuke Mary for neglecting her chores. But do you remember, Jesus gently rebukes Martha, explaining that Mary has chosen the better thing. So in my sermon, I told you that the most important thing you can do for others is actually something you do for yourself. Spend daily time with Jesus. And I gave you a few reasons why I think we neglect time with Jesus. And one of them was that I believe we do not take daily time with Jesus sometimes because we fear what God might say or what he might call us to do. I made this point. If Martha could hide in the familiar kitchen, she might be able to ignore being sent on mission. The kitchen is comfortable and familiar, but the mission of Jesus requires courage. So today I'm going to unpack that idea more in hopes of inspiring you to eagerly listen to God and to boldly obey what he's saying to you. I had this image in my mind as I'm speaking this morning. I'm reminded of this moment that I have sometimes with my own kids at night, just after tucking them into bed, and they'll make this request sometimes. Well, they'll say, preach, dad, preach. And, and okay, this is after they've exhausted every other attempt to delay having to go to bed. And I know that they know if I get to preaching, it'll be a few more minutes before they have to drift off to sleep. But a preacher got to preach. So more often than not, I'll grab the Bible on their chest of drawers. I'll open it up to some random place and I'll do my best to read the passage and quickly turn it into a sermon. For me, it's a lot of fun. For them, it delays their sleep. Then the content is different, but my hope is always the same. I want to spark a fire in their young hearts that will lead them to eagerly listen to God and boldly follow his call on their lives. Hey, I'm not your actual father, except for the four kids that are watching right now that are sitting next to me in my own living room. But I am like a spiritual father to many of you, and at least in this moment, I am going to father you. So please listen carefully to what I'm about to share. Did you know that throughout the Bible, there is a recurring pattern of God interrupting a person's life with an invitation to boldly follow his leading? I think of in the Bible when God called Abraham. Abraham was formerly a worshiper of false gods. We read about it in Genesis chapter 12. Here's what it says. Now the Lord said to Abram, which is his name before it changed to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Verse two, and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God interrupts Abram's life and calls him to leave his own family, his familiar country, for a foreign land, and in that land, God promises that he would set him up and his descendants up for a special relationship with him. I think of Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, God interrupts Moses' life and speaks to him through a burning bush. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see this bush that was burning up, God called out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And God told him to go to the Egyptian Pharaoh and demand the Hebrew people be freed from slavery. Now Moses is scared at first, but eventually he obeys. I think of when God interrupted Joshua's life in Joshua chapter one. And he inspired him with these words, Three times in verses six, seven, and nine, be strong and courageous because Joshua was going to have to lead the Israelites and traverse them with them and through a difficult terrain into a promised land. I think of Esther, who God put in a position of influence and according to Esther chapter four, verse 14, for such a time as this, and her influence was going to be to def boldly defend the well-being of her people. I think of Jonah, Jonah chapter one, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. At first, he tried to ignore God's call, but eventually God got his attention to cross cultural lines to speak on behalf of God. I think of Jesus and his first disciples. Two of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 and 20 where Jesus interrupts their lives as fishermen and calls them to a great future. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. I, I think of Peter who was called by Jesus to step out of the boat and walk on water. And then of course, I think about the larger group of disciples talked about in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus is gathering them together and says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, and then he sends them out as lamb among wolves to share the good news about this kingdom of God. Listen carefully to me. The Bible contains story after story of men and women whose life God interrupts for a greater purpose than they would have ever chosen for themselves. These aren't perfect people or necessarily godly people or even moral people, but they're chosen by God for something great. My concern for American Christianity is that we no longer leave room for bold steps of faith. We idolize security and certainty, which makes it hard to hear God's invitation to do hard things. But we never really feel secure or certain, which is so unsettling. So catch this, we try to distract ourselves or settle ourselves with consumption and play. And I want to suggest to you that every person of faith must have at least a few instances in their life where they risk failure and suffering to obey God's call. Listen, every person of faith must have at least a few instances of their life 
where they risk failure and suffering to obey God's call. Why? Because there is nothing that will enrich your life more than eagerly listening and boldly obeying God's leading to do hard things. I'm talking now to the small handful of those of you whose hearts are burning. I'm talking to the parent who wants the kids to know that boldly following God is how we live fully alive. I'm talking to the person with more money than most who now realizes that another purchase promises to satisfy, but really only leaves you wanting more. I want my words this morning to jostle you loose from the ordinary routines that have left you bored with life. Let me, let me just stop here and ask you a question. When was the last time you did something for God that required you to risk suffering and failure? Could be a conversation. Could be a job change. Could be an actual move. If it's happened, You'll remember because our brains do not naturally choose to do things that could result in suffering and failure. They don't. So I'm 44 years old. I'm fortunate to have a strong marriage, an amazing, beautiful wife. We've worked hard in our marriage. I have four amazing kids and I have a job that I absolutely love. My marriage and my job and my calling his dad, have been humbling, challenging, exhausting, and exhilarating. But listen to me right now. None of it has ever enriched my life as much as the times in my life that I've eagerly listened to God and boldly followed his leading to do hard things. And that doesn't have to stop when you get married. It doesn't have to stop when you have kids. It doesn't have to stop when you get older. It doesn't have to stop because you don't think you have enough money. Do you hear me? Is your heart stirred right now? Now, I want you to imagine that Jeannie and I were sitting with you in your living room right now listening to this message. What I would do right now is I'd pause and I'd ask you the question, what are you thinking? What's going around in your mind? And you might be thinking like, why are you in my living room? This is so weird. But, but I, I would press you even further and I would ask you, what are you thinking? And what you're probably thinking is this, Russell, why would I willingly make my life more difficult? So here's the thing. I'm not suggesting that you do something hard just because it's hard, like that's the goal in and of itself. No, I'm saying to you that at several points in your life, you'll be faced with the decision, will I do the easy thing or will I obey God's leading? And I want to be the catalytic voice this morning that suggests that God is interrupting your life to speak to you. I'm reminded of this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And the part of the Bible that we pick up in in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is the part where it's kind of like the end of the priests being the people through whom God reveals his word. And just before the prophets, Eli is the priest, but Eli is not in good standing before God because Eli's sons have blasphemed against God and Eli allowed it to happen. So God is going to begin speaking through Samuel, but Samuel has not yet heard a revelation from God to share with the people. So in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we read these words. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. 
So the Bible sets it up as there is an anticipation for God to speak to someone and through someone to his people. Verse 2 of 1 Samuel chapter 3. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Samuel said, here I am. And so Samuel, not knowing who was speaking, ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go lie down again. So he went and lied down. But the Lord called Samuel again, interrupted his little nap, and said, Samuel. And so Samuel, not knowing who was speaking to him, goes again to Eli and says, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, my son. Go lie down. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He did not recognize the voice of the Lord. In verse 8, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lied down in the place, and sure enough, the Lord called him again. The Lord spoke to Samuel, and what the Lord said to Samuel was that you have a message that you need to share with people, and it's going to be hard for people to hear. And it was actually a prophecy against Eli and his family because, again, Eli allowed his sons to blaspheme God. So here Eli is, he has some sense of the presence of God, but he doesn't really recognize the voice of God. God brings somebody into his life to say, hey, that thing that you're hearing is actually God wanting to speak to you because he's calling you to do something other than what you're doing now. I want to be that voice to you today, listener. I want to be the one that's saying to you, hey, your life has been interrupted. Your job has been interrupted. Your relationships have been interrupted. Our whole city has been interrupted. And could it be that God is wanting to speak to you? And if you'll eagerly listen and boldly obey, God will use you to do something great in your lifetime. This isn't just for the really spiritual people or the staff people at church. This is for you and everyone that's in your room right now. It's for the people that barely even recognize the voice of God. And it's for the people that really are familiar with the voice of God. God wants to do something in you. I feel strongly. Our lives have been interrupted. And there's a part of me that says, hey, Russell, take it easy, man. People are going through a lot. And that is true. But there is no better time in your life to hear God speak and to find a new normal that includes eagerly listening to God and boldly obeying God's teaching. Now's the time. Here's what I believe. I believe God is calling some of you to prepare to move to a place in the world or a place in our city where most people do not share your faith in Jesus as Lord. I'm talking about you using your medical training or ministry training in some underserved place in the city of the world to help people. That's what I believe about some of those of you that are listening. I believe God is calling some of you to make a career change or a job change. God can use you in your existing career or existing job, but 
Just for some of you, God is calling you to make a career change or a job change because he has you set up for a different purpose. I believe God is calling some of you to get out of a relationship, maybe a toxic relationship or a relationship that is keeping you from loving God and loving others. Or maybe he wants you to start a relationship I believe God is calling you to stand up against racism and for equality. I believe God is interrupting your life and calling you to downsize so that you can live more generously. Some of you know that's true. I believe God is calling some of you to commit to our church or to find a new church where your gifts are needed to advance the church's unique mission. He's interrupting your church routine in church life, not so you'll get away from the church, but so that you'll dive into the church to be a part of something bigger. I believe God is calling some of you to wake up from the American dream to really live the life God has designed for you to live. Some of you know that I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the young people listening who will stand alone in their schools if they choose to care about the things of God. The current of promiscuity, confusion, passivity, it does not have to drown you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. God will speak to you and can use you, teenager, young person, and he will use you to make a difference in your world. Not someday, but today. I'm talking to the 20-somethings who grew up privileged and are now educated, whose only vision for life is a stable job, drinking buddies, and a spouse. Hey, all those are wonderful desires, but I believe that God wants to open up your heart and mind and inspire you to believe that you are saved for so much more. Let him interrupt that vision for a larger vision for your life. Now, I'm talking to the parents I'm talking to the parents like Jeannie and I who want our kids to grow up with a red hot passion for carrying out the mission of God to seek and save the lost in the world. I think so often of Psalm chapter 127 verse 4 where it says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. I want to think of myself as a servant warrior who boldly obeys God. I don't want to be a passive, docile, domesticated, lifeless parent who only cares about my kids getting a good education and learning to work hard. And those are important things, but that's not the most important thing. I'm talking to the empty nester who's old enough to have something to say and young enough to have the energy to say it. I'm talking to you, my friends, my church family, and people that are willing to walk with us in this season and hopes that God will give you the strength to obey whatever he's calling you to do. And you might say, Russell, would you just, just leave us alone? Why would you bring this kind of a word when all of our lives are being turned upside down? And if, and if you're hurting, then forgive me, because that's not my intent. I want to be a catalyst in you Understanding that now is the exactly the right time to speak these words into your life because all of us are finding a new normal. And I want for you the new normal to be eagerly listening to God and boldly obeying God's leading. You might suffer, you might fail, but there's nothing that will enrich your life more 
than stepping in faith and obeying God. God may use 2020 as the necessary disruption of our everyday lives. And someday we'll look back and we'll say, oh, what was it like before 2020? And what was it like after 2020? And my hope is that what this year will be for you is an opportunity for there to be some new normals. And one of those being that you'll eagerly listen to God's voice and obey his teaching. It will not be easy. The road will be bumpy. But let me tell you this, and there are some of you, I believe it right now, that are still listening, and you know right now because your heart is burning. There's something in you that's stirred because you know that God is calling you to do something. Let me say this to you. Do it. Step out on faith. My job as your pastor and as your friend is to support you and empower you. I hope it's in the city of Houston. I hope that you'll work alongside us in Houston to Establish God's kingdom through the preaching of the gospel and telling people about God's love for them through Christ. But maybe it's not in Houston. Maybe it's another city. Maybe it's some other place in the world. Whatever it is, do it. Go for it. I love you enough to say you do not have to settle for a life that worships the idols of security and and convenience. You don't have to worship those idols. And some of you know it, and some of you want more for yourself than than you have wanted ever in your life. And what I would say to you is do it. Go for it. God is with you, and I am with you. And I promise you this, just like I'm challenging you to do this, I'm going to do the same. And for those of you that are parents, and I'm going to say this as I begin to draw this to a close. What happens when you get married and you get an established job and your family starts to grow with more children is you start to think to yourself that it's more difficult to eagerly listen to and obey God's calling, especially as you consider the possibility that God would call you to take a real step of faith. Listen, God is still working in you and calling you. And in your mind, things might be more complicated as you have more children. But God is able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And here's what your kids need to see from you. Sure, they need to see a a good dad, a good mom. They need to see that you're committed to the church and that you love to read the Bible. They need to see that you love people that don't know Jesus, that you're willing to love your neighbor. But here's here's really what they need from you. They need from you stories where you have gotten on your knees and you have asked God, God, what do you want us to do? And when you've heard God speak, even if it risks suffering or failure, you are willing to step in faith. I want for that voice to ring in your heart today. God is with you. Take the step of faith. You can do it. I love you. Now let's think on and pray about these things.